This call may be recorded or transcribed. Hello, Bobby. How are you doing? Can you hear me? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Can you hear me okay? Yep. This is exciting. In all the episodes that we've been discussing, our relationship with God, our relationship with our wives, different relationships in the Great Reset, I don't know if we have ever discussed our relationship. Well, we did to the extent that I uh, said I'm happy to support you in the experiment you're doing, um, but we didn't go beyond that in terms of any expectation on my part. And, uh, you know, that's fair. I, I, I developed expectations without voicing them or think, even thinking them through. And uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, we hit a place where the expectation wasn't met. And so there's an opportunity to work through that. Yeah. At the same time, I think there is. Whoops, you, your volume, something went out. At the same time, there is what? Um, we have, I think, like the whole purpose of this exercise is that we want to, uh, among other things, love each other the way Christ does. Sure, and that, that I mean, that's part of why I expressed what I did via the text, because I'm I'm recognizing in myself out of uh, the Mark Younger materials that I'm a, a conflict avoidance person and that uh, my marriage and my life would be much healthier if I learned to confront in a constructive way. And I felt like this uh, would be a good step for me as well as for you. Yeah, this is great. I think this is very on topic. There's um, a whole bunch of things going on. And uh, just to kind of summarize uh, over the last few days that, um, so let me start with this. Um, You mentioned that you had a, let me repeat what I heard you say, which is that you had an expectation that we would have sort of a symmetric relationship uh, where we were, you know, supporting each other's interests. And when you shared your interest in having me review Mark's materials, you felt my response was dismissive. And that led to a feeling of disappointment, which you ascribed to your unrealistic expectations or at least unvoiced expectations. Uh, well, so there were two stages. The first was, uh, you know, I sent you some stuff via text and said, look at this. I, I listened to this. Uh, I'd love to process with you what I'm learning from this. That's the way I remember it. I haven't gone back to look. And you said, I listened to it and I feel like it's not worth my time. Um, I was only asking, I mean, the, 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 the assessment itself takes about 15 minutes at the most. So it feels but like if you if 15 minutes is too much of your time for me to ask that i'm far lower on your something scale than uh i realized and that that comes in later with the idea of reciprocity i i haven't expected that you would give the same kind of amount of time that i'm giving but that you'd be open to processing some things that i bring up so that was the first part when we talked later that morning, and I, I don't remember if I asked you a question, but anyway, you started explaining that 
I express such um, significance to things I get interested in, if I can say it that way, that you've developed an allergy to the things I'm excited about. And that felt to me like a, uh, a, a relational dynamic that's familiar with my wife, who has the same experience, but not something that I expected to be part of my relationship with you, because I felt like you're more open to exploring and discussing and processing things together. And I'd expected some degree of that, even though I feel like you're much more conscious of time pressure than I am. And so I haven't expected anything near, you know, equal reciprocity, but some level. Okay. Thank you. That was a helpful summary. And it is fascinating uh, to kind of look through this because I've had similar dynamics on my end, and I think right. being able to achieve this will be very illuminating, uh, hopefully, for both of us. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I imagine that there may be similar dynamics between you and your wife to pieces of this. Uh, right, so here is, the, here is where I think I misperceived what you were asking of me and what you wanted. Okay. All right? Is that what I heard you say was, um, I'm interested in doing this. So the request you gave me for you, the, the, the request I heard was for two things. One, listen to this six-minute audio. Secondly, right. consider whether it is worthwhile uh -huh. to go through this process of taking the test or whatever. Okay? Right. Right. So being the literal-minded person that I am, I did those two things. Uh, as yeah. a act of generosity on my part, I've not always done this, but I felt like, okay, out of my friendship for you and your regard, I will listen to a six-minute audio. Right, right. As I mentioned before, I don't really like listening to audio or watching videos. I'd rather do, like, text so I can skim it, but in this case, I did. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And the second thing is, I considered it. And yeah. it, I actually went back and looked at what I wrote. And what I wrote was, based on the content of that six-minute audio, I don't see the point of my taking the test. Right. And what was fascinating to me is that you interpreted my evaluation of a third person's content as a judgment about the value of your relationship to me. Um, you know, at the time, I, I part of the interaction this morning, of course, is reliving this in light of the conversation at noon afterwards. Um, right. I think at the at the time, with the I thought, you know, I don't want to. Uh, Ernie's busy. He's got other stuff to do. I would love to process this with him, but I it, he didn't get enough to interest him out of the uh, the audio clip. I will. I'll look forward to an opportunity to try and talk with him further about what the significance is. Um, but in the, in the conversation that followed then, I didn't, I, I felt like I got a lot of explanation why you weren't interested, but not any listening to me about what I hoped we might discover from exploring it together or why I was finding it significant or, um, mm -hmm. so that, that was my experience. Okay. So rather than try to um, 
litigate what happened in the past. Let me try to repent and say, okay, I'm not necessarily uh, convinced that um, there is value to me in studying Marx material. But it is sure. important to me that I understand what you want from me in this context or what you were hoping for from me in this context. Yeah. Um, so I am experiencing what I perceive as a lot of significant insights through processing what I'm getting from Mark. And I'm eager to have mm -hmm. somebody to process that with. And you and I have similar pain in our marriage that I think this may be relevant to you, but even if it's not directly relevant to you, I think you would understand well in terms of helping me process it. Um, but I also don't want to impose on our friendship. And so I couched it in the initial, you know, see if you're interested in this. If so, I'd be glad to pay for it if you don't want to, um, whatever. I, and this is part of my personality. I don't like pushing people into things. I like offering and inviting them to see if they're interested. So there was some disappointment because I would love to process it with you, but I didn't feel that there was pain in the relationship at any level other than, you know, something I was hoping would happen and it didn't happen. Um, but then the conversation later about you're not interested, it felt like you said, I'm not interested in anything that you get excited about because your track record um, and my internal reaction was, I don't, I don't know that I see your track record as significantly better than mine, maybe a little bit, but um, I think we both have, you know, just about things we hope will make a difference and they don't generally make as much difference. Anyway, I don't know where you want to go from that. I'm, I'm okay with you not doing it. Uh, you know, going through this, I would love to go through it with you. But if it's, you know, I've got other friends that uh, I walked through the neighborhood and spent an hour talking about it, and it was very positive. So, right. So this is the um, the dilemma I am facing. Uh huh. And something I struggle with in other contexts. So this is really um, helpful for me to try to work through. Okay. Good. Is that um, uh, people will say, okay, uh, in our relationship, this is an issue that I want to discuss. Okay, and I say, I'm not sure this is the issue that is helpful for us. And the other person says, gee, you don't seem to value our relationship. Or at least they feel that way. Right. right. And right. it's like, okay, like I want to value the relationship. Yeah. But I also want to be engaging with this issue in a way that I feel will actually further the relationship. Sure, sure. That's good. And so, um, so uh, you know, articulating this way, I think, okay, so rather than giving you a no, right? So again, I did a literal statement, right? I yeah. listened to the audio, I considered the audio, and I gave you my opinion. Right. Yep. And in retrospect, I think that is a mistake I tend to make a lot. Well, is that I, I should let me let me finish my part. Right. Is that yeah, I okay. think if I had asked myself the question, why are they doing this, and what do they want from me, I might have had a more holistic understanding 
and come up with a better, wiser, more constructive response. Yeah, well, well what, if you, what if you had asked me that? Rather than giving me a, an answer, uh, you know, what, what are you hoping for? And it didn't, it didn't impress me, but then leaving the country. So you, it felt like you gave a decision, um, not an invitation to process further what you were experienced or why I was experiencing this or whatever. Right. And, you know, I, I, I can totally see why you took that as a decision. Uh-huh. I literally made a statement of fact. Based on the content of this video, I don't see the point. Okay. And so, the, the, right. So, so yes. So, right. So, it was certainly reasonable for you to read it that way. But you could have all, the way I intended it was for you to say, ah, okay, I guess I wasn't clear. This is actually what I wanted. And actually, this is, in fact, I think my primary point of, um, I don't have a good word for this. Um, uh-huh. um, we were with my therapist, we were having a similar conversation, and he was using the word bother. Um, so I will go with that for now, even though I, I have some issues with the word. It, this yeah. is the thing that bothered me, is I felt like you were deliberately placing this objective third-party thing as the focus of our interaction, rather than being vulnerable and self-disclosing. Uh-huh. And so when I reacted to that, you took it as a judgment on you. But it's like, it's, it's like if, you, if you had said, you know, Ernie, I really got something valuable out of this. And uh-huh. um, I would like to walk through it with you because, okay. you know, I really, you know, welcome your perspective on it. Right. That would give me a totally different framing than uh, here, go this. I, mean, I, I went through literally this exact same scenario with my father-in-law. Where he uh-huh. said, "Here's this forty. This is this, here's this ninety-minute video that I would love for you and your wife to watch." Right. And I said, um, "Why? <laughs> like, right. what is the thing you're trying to get?" And yeah. he said, "Well, you know." And like, he said, "Well, okay. Well, the sermon is actually forty-five minutes." And well, actually, no, what I asked was, "Is this the sort of thing I could listen to for three minutes to decide if it's worth spending ninety minutes?" Right. And he said, "He said, well, actually, you could go forty-five minutes in." It's like, okay, that would be good to know ahead of time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did ask him, and I said, okay. And I said, okay. I listened through and said, you know, based on this, it's not clear to me that this will help me. Right. Right. And I said, like, okay. And, he, and then, you know, we led to a long conversation, which is still ongoing. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, um, and it's kind of the same thing I feel. Actually, there was a joke in InterVarsity uh, when I was there, at least in the uh, 80s. Where it's just like, oh, you have a problem? Here, read this. Yeah, yeah. Right. Our solution to is like, God so loved the world that he sent a book. Uh, yep. And it's like, that's not how I remember the verse saying going. And right. this is the, um, this is, the, I think, the thing that I, um, and I, and I very deliberately use the word allergic, right? Like, I have a reaction to this. And in my ontology, the way I use the word, a reaction is something that is instinctive and uh, non-deliberative as opposed to a response. Right. And so when I was talking about it, I was like, like, I'm observing that I have this reaction. Um, Say that again. You're what? So when I, when I told you I'm allergic to this, I say, I am observing I have this reaction. 
And okay. implicit in my use of that word, I was saying, um, anytime I am reacting, I'm probably not responding like Christ. Okay. So, so that was the implicit subtext in my statement. But uh, again, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, not understanding or appreciating or wanting to deal with, in all honesty, your emotional context, I just sort of left it at that. And so I right. understand why that feels and like, you know, this is the thing that I think is a, like, like I said, I tend to get over, I tend to over index on the words other people say and uh -huh. the words I choose to say without being, I mean, there's a saying in the software world, there is no user error. There is only bad design. Right. And I think a part of, you know, when I pulled that clip out, I'm, an ironic point to drop the call. Yes, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm here. Yep, I just muted while you're off. All right. So yeah, I think my point was is that the whole premise of DBJ, which I perceive as the same premise of missions, is that I shouldn't expect people to enter my universe to be able to connect with me or connect with Christ. I need to incarnate into their context. And then, or I need to create a context where they are able to come as they are and encounter Christ without having to first give up their identity or whatever else. Right, right. Um, Even in making that, uh, you know, six minute audio clip, I think I was partly experimenting in does this communicate any of the significance that I'm getting or do I need to find another way to uh, introduce people to the material? So from that, it was a very a successful experiment. Yeah, but, 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 so, like, yeah. Demonstrating but like, that it, it like, wasn't. Yeah, yeah, and this is the thing, like, and this is a reaction, so I'm willing to put it on the table for us to examine together. You know, uh -huh. As a statement of absolute truth, but as a statement of the current reality, which is yeah. that, like, it always feels or I, my reaction that I infer, or like maybe the belief I infer from my reaction, is that this is about the material. And like the short answer is, I don't care about the material, but I care deeply yeah. about you. Okay. And I never know whether uh, how, what how you. Uh, emotionally, intellectually, whatever, is is that when the, um, let me put it this way. Uh -huh. If you said, I've been struggling with this issue in my marriage, 
and this material really helped me, uh-huh. then I feel excited. Okay. I feel like, ooh, okay, this is an interesting problem. This is a possible yeah. solution. Now I can uh, uh, look at the solution in the context of that problem, see how well it works for him, and see if it'll work for similar problems for me. That feels right. incredibly um, engaging. Yep. Whereas before, I feel like it's like, okay, um, this is the ah, this is the inframing thing that I keep talking about, which you helped me come to a few weeks ago, which is that. It's like, here, this is this wonderful solution. Uh-huh. Come look at this and see if you can find a problem that works with the solution. Right. That I find draining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at not just, uh, one of the things Ralph Witter used to say was, try to solve your own problems in the way that maximizes the benefit for others. And I, whatever I'm working on, I'm also trying to keep an eye toward, is this, does this have wider significance or value or benefit? Um, and so in that framework, uh, you know, my life is dedicated to blessing all the families of the earth, seeing the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. And uh, I am increasingly... Um, it, it considering that the family which God's created as a vehicle for uh, multiplying and subduing the earth, or and he, he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That's the first blessing mentioned for humans in the Bible. And uh, that the, you know, God's desire, God, God himself in the council of gods that created gods that he, rules in uh what we talk of as heaven but as an alternate spiritual reality i think uh, that he operates in a a less dictatorial and more uh consultive kind of leadership um you may remember the story where he says okay time to bump off ahab uh how are we going to do that and one spirit comes forward one another Finally, the spirit says, I can do it. And God says, how are you going to do it? So they have that kind of, anyway, the, uh, what has, one thing that has struck me is that the, the common Western perception that God is simply a dictator in heaven, telling the angels what to do without inviting advice and interaction carries over into the way pastors, some pastors rule their congregations. I hear from God and I tell the congregation what we're going to do. Or even in the household, where the strong head of the family perspective uh, just dictates without listening uh, or listening very well. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about these kinds of things and to see that if the family is out here, then uh, it is an, an under tremendous attack from Satan. But what forms does that take? Well, I, uh, in in light of processing Mark's stuff, I'm seeing a lot of things that now that you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would have just agreed with is generally true because when something circulates enough, you just assume it's right. Um, that I now think, in light of Mark's critique, are really demonic delusions or lies or you know, um, owned by the enemy to destroy marriage, and that we so much better. So those are those are big picture issues I'm interested in processing with you, 
Um, but, you know, you've got limited time. You've got your specific issues you're dealing with. So, um, I, I going back to what I actually, uh, you know, invited you to do make the assessment so we can talk about it. I, there's part of me that, that is very concerned not to bother people. And, you know, I know you're a busy guy. I don't want to presume on French or push you into something that you don't feel like doing. So my hope was to intrigue you. I, I didn't succeed. Um, but then after our phone conversation, even more, I mean, the, the initial response I got uh, because of my personal issues felt devaluing. But then the further conversation, the allergy described felt like a reflection on me, not a reflection on you. Um, uh, that's the way I received it, even if it's not what you intended. But that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Your turn. Nice Forrest Gump reference. So they so, so fascinating. So the thing that I felt or heard uh -huh. uh, when you were sharing that was, huh, I think Robbie is describing what he identifies with. Uh, and the, what, the story I heard uh -huh. may not be the one you intended to tell, may or may yeah. not be the one you did tell, uh, that's an yeah. open question, was right. that there is this agenda that you identify with and you see your life as um, in some sense a tool for fulfilling that agenda. So can you be more specific about the agenda that you heard? You said the agenda is that I want to see all the families of the Earth's life. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that, um, and I realized that is the thing that I find myself reacting to. Ah, okay. Is that, huh, um, Robbie thinks of himself as a tool for fulfilling God's agenda, and he wants to enlist me as another tool in that agenda, neither of which, which does not feel either like um, Robbie caring about my personhood, nor does it feel like something that helps me connect with Robbie's personhood. Okay. And so this is where I think that is why I feel this reaction. Uh-huh. Um, and I think there is um, value in understanding that reaction. Okay. So it, it, it seems to me like a false dichotomy uh, that my concern about the global significance of things uh, then means that I'm not interested or concerned about the specific benefit for you personally. Uh, I see, for me, for me, they're intertwined for myself and for you. You know, I if I didn't feel like this would have value or benefit for you in your marriage, if I if I was confident that it didn't, I don't think I would bother, uh, you know, trying to engage you in it. Um, but I, I see the two as, as related because I think your marriage and my marriage suffer in part under the same, uh, I would call it, well, Ralph Winter used to call it demonic delusions. Uh, 
I would, you know, the lies, the lies and um, misdirections or whatever we want to call them of the enemy. Right, but what I'm worried is that you're steering me into another one. I, I'm sorry, I missed that. Right. You're worried that what? what, what the fear, right, is that I'm being steered into another one. Um, a delusion. I, I'm reluctant to call it a demonic delusion, although I believe those things exist. Um, the, um, so like, this is a fascinating, but, but like the, so like, yeah, that could, that is an interesting way of framing it, right? Um, so I can see that, uh -huh. but like, I have concerns. Yeah. Okay. You know, and like, like I said, look, the, um, you know, uh, the things that I feel, right, is that, um, you talked, you've talked a couple of times about how you used to have this obsession with finding principles. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right. That were scalable and generalizable. Okay. Yeah. Um, your behavior since then has not convinced me you've given up that addiction. Well, is it all your talk about listening to Jesus and now you're talking about markets? It's like, I kind of feel it again, it may not be true, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. this is my uh, perception based on my experience, right? That um, it feels like you're trying to find some external thing that you want me to connect with that you hope will help us both become what you know god wants us to become uh-huh and to me uh to put a, if you want to if i can use your terminology that kind of feels like the demonic delusion okay yeah yeah <laughs> is that the only thing that i think you know this is my this is my agenda if you will my thesis the point that i am arguing the okay. opinion that i am sort of putting out as my premise is uh -huh. that the only thing that actually makes the world better that i have any control over is christ in me for you Okay. And that the thing that I need to do is like, you know, and I think you would agree that we share this concept that, uh, like, okay, Christ did not just die for me in my own little isolation. Right. He died for me and also so that I could be part of his uh, larger picture. Yeah. I'm blessing all nations. Right. Even. Yeah, the thing okay. that I feel like is important to me that I am still not sure whether is important to you uh -huh. is that it is one that it is Christ yeah. that is like the fundamental thing. Um, secondly, that it comes through my um, interaction in, in my vulnerability and brokenness and redemption. Uh -huh. That is the thing uh, that Christ does in me that brings his kingdom to other people. And there are lots of dimensions and ways to facilitate that and express that and achieve uh -huh. that. But like that is the thing that is at the heart of what we are trying to do or what I'm trying to do. Uh-huh. 
and the some of the tactics you employ feel like they either deny or disregard that and that is what and because i have not done a good job of articulating that to myself or others or to you i tend to react allergically to rather than responding thoughtfully to which is what uh-huh. i'm trying to do now so the generalization i've forgotten even the words you used but um the you referred to something that i do in a very generalized sense that i didn't feel like i followed what you were talking about um, the point is that you're still searching for for abstract principle abstract external principles yeah so i could i mean you can clarify further or i could try and address what i think i was hearing about that yeah um so uh, for me the i i i think it's it's understandable to me that you've heard it the way that you have. For me, it's not that there are no principles or that we shouldn't be looking for principles, but that I should be looking to Christ to show me the principles rather than trying to work them through in a rational way. Right, is that what you're thinking? That's what you believe or that's what you think I said? Um. No, I, I. It sounds to me that you. Well, what I think I heard was that you don't see the difference or a difference in my what I'm practicing and what I say I'm stepping away from. So I'm trying to describe the difference as I see it. Right. So, so you, what I'm, okay, let me. So this is good because if we can articulate this, this might clear up the point of confusion. If you could repeat that yeah. again, so I can listen more closely now that I understand what you're trying to say? So for me, the shift has been from relying on my reason to find principles to looking to Jesus to guide me both to, well, to three, to and through and apart from principles. So uh, I think you talked the other day about emotion and logic and something else uh can all be error prone or can you know lead to error. Um but the some balance of them is warranted. I don't remember how you said it, but but, but I, I feel like I've been brought more to a center point where I still may have large errors but I'm more centered like you were talking about. Again I didn't quite get to the terminology. Right. So I think, okay, so let me make a clarification then, because I think that was very helpful. I agree you have made that shift. And I would frame that shift as going from a a rationalist perspective on finding the right, and finding and living out the right principles to a Uh more spiritual perspective on discovering and applying the right principles. Yeah, and not not relying solely on principle, not trying to make everything into a formula, saying, you know, in this circumstance, I don't need to see a formula. I see God, if I sense God leading me to discipline my son a certain way or to, you know, whatever, um, I don't have to have a principle to back it up. I don't have to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do every time that occurs. Um, Yeah. Right. So, but I think the, okay. And, and I, I can believe that that is happening. 
right? And I think I've seen that happen in the course of DOJ, right? So I don't want yeah. to diminish the existence of that thing. Right. Um, uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the thing that was, um, uh, this is the distinction that I feel like uh, rubs me the wrong way for whatever reason. Okay. Okay. Is that it feels like you are trying to have me come to something that you are talking about uh, the thing that you have. It feels like the thing that you believe you have to give me is something external to you, something impersonal, as opposed to the thing you have to give me is yourself. Well, again, to me, that seems like a false dichotomy. Um, I, 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 I agree it doesn't have to. I agree it doesn't have to be a dichotomy, but okay. that is the dichotomy I experience. Ah. So do you, do you experience our interaction this morning in a different way? Because I feel like I'm, uh, rather than just quietly enduring a disappointment, that I'm trying to constructively process this with you. Uh, in a way that's putting myself, it feels to me like putting myself out there, but. Absolutely. Maybe. No, absolutely. Like the fact that you said that it feels like it was, that struck me deeply. Okay. Uh -huh. I felt uh, deep sadness uh -huh. that, you know, that, that I acted in a way that led you to feel that way. I uh, expressed, I felt deep um, appreciation that you know we have gotten to the point where you feel safe comfortable skilled whatever enough to be that right. vulnerable with me right. and like um and you know some probably amount of embarrassment and shame that i screwed up but i've not mostly worked through right. that right. um and so like yeah like to me this is the thing that we have to give the world not all yep. the wonderful materials we've discovered but right. our vulnerability, brokenness, and struggle, as well as our, you know, as Brent called me out on this, I think very appropriately, also our joy, our wonder, right? Uh -huh. um, and that's what I want more of. Yeah. And yeah. This is how I want to connect with you, is you telling me, like, what you want directly, and then we working through that rather than... Um, me, so let me, let me give an example of mode A versus mode B, okay? Okay. Just to put some labels on. Like, mode A is, um, let's call it shoulder to shoulder. Um, look at this thing. Let's just sit here and look at that thing together, side by side. We're just staring at this thing, right? Like, like Mark some value. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah, like my yeah. stuff is this thing, you know, or, right? Um, and then there's mode B, which is let's look at each other, uh -huh. right? But then there's, there's there, that's like they call it lovers or friends, or like what we're doing now, we're having this meta discussion about our relationship, right. sort of. Um, yep. But I think the thing that I'm trying to, what, I'm, what I see as a working partnership is let me call it mode C. Okay. Where, um, like what I, you know, the, where we, which I think happens, um, at DBJ at its best, which uh -huh. is that we look, we we look at each other while we are looking for Christ, uh -huh. and that to me is the thing that 
is the ineffable, it's an interesting way of framing the purpose of DBJ, is that, you know, this is not an encounter group where we're just trying to understand each other. There are things like that which are very useful, you know, right. like racial reconciliation or marriage counseling or whatever. But this is something different. And I think what's different about it is like, like, hey, I'm here with you so that we can see Christ together. Right. And in the process, you know, I see you far more clearly than when I am just looking at you. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and that, um, the thing about that that is powerful is that anything that's impersonal is kind of a static dead thing, right? A uh, book, right. a principle, a video, whatever. But if it's Christ, then he's actually a real personal presence you know, who's acting and in generating emotion and relating to in meaningful ways. Uh-huh. And that to me is, is the interesting um, challenge in a Western context. Right. Because one can almost define the Western mind as one that um, trusts the impersonal over the personal, you know, right. laws rather than men. Uh, science yeah. rather than God. And there is enormous utilitarian value in that, but it's extraordinarily dehumanizing. Okay. And that feels like, I think one of the reasons I am allergic to this, um, and, and, and let me just be blunt, right? When I'm allergic to something, that means I am pulling away from it, and therefore uh-huh. I am unable to redeem it. So the whole okay. point that I'm trying to argue for is that the only way we receive anything is through incarnation, right? If we want to like make our marriages better, our schools better, our churches better, missions better, the world better, uh-huh. by becoming secure enough in Christ that we can make ourselves vulnerable and fully present in the world. And yeah. so because I'm so passionate about this, I have this allergic reaction where I pull away from what I perceive as depersonalization, thereby, to, to our DBJ lesson for Monday, doing exactly the thing that the Pharisees do that Jesus told me not to do. Okay. And it, so... It sounds so much uh, like you're making this um, incarnation is the universal principle that... And speaking of distancing, I wandered too far away from my phone and ah. my headphones cut off the connection and dropped the call. So what I'm going to do now is do speaker mode. So I have to be physically proximate to my phone and then I notice when I'm wandering away. Okay, great. And having a, um, an analog connection rather than a digital one, which is just, you know, it works perfectly until it disappears versus an analog one that works better the closer you get. Yeah, so I'm wondering whether uh, it was God that cut off cut off the point I was about to make to protect me from 
saying something stupid or uh, Satan <laughs> cut it off because it was so profound that uh, he didn't want you to hear it. Or it was just technology. Um, well, I think, I don't know, wait, the last year, the thing that I, if I can recall, it feels to me as you described the incarnation being the only way that things improve, so that's not unfair, is this feels like trying to make a universal principle in the way that I'm trying to get away from. Um, so I don't follow you in that. I mean, I acknowledge that that's what I think you're saying and I'm, that I may not understand what you're saying, but I don't, it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah, um, no, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, and I can try to explain, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, well, I don't know where, where else I had to go. I think, uh, uh, so, so, uh, let me just repeat my confession in case that part got caught off and let me yeah, reframe okay. it slightly to see if you have some reason. I believe Christ is the only answer. Full stop. Okay. But that yeah. means a few different things. Obviously it means, uh, Jesus, what he did historically. Right. Uh, it includes what Jesus does in my heart uh-huh but it also includes what jesus does through me okay and i would argue that this concept which i think the performers talked about this as well probably where i got it from of incarnation crucifixion and resurrection is a useful framework for understanding what christ did and how he did it Right. Okay. And so I am not committed to uh, so in the in the edit mode that you and I are in, where we're trying to design this process. I think it's important to talk about these principles. Uh -huh. So I fully agree that talking about these principles is mostly useless because I've heard these okay. principles talked about for decades. Uh -huh. What I want to do is learn how to live out those principles and invite people into that experience of Christ. Um, and sometimes they use the verb form pricing, is uh -huh. to experience pricing, um, yeah. and that the the belief is that the better we price, the more his kingdom will come. Yeah, so uh, are you ready for me to respond? Sure. Yeah, so, um, the part of the shift in me is toward recognizing that, let's see, I am a peace-loving person. I will do many things to avoid conflict. I don't know if I'd do anything to avoid conflict, but um, I, uh, and my emotional reaction to be more, allow Christ more through me is the the default is toward the sacrifice myself um on the cross you know with him uh don't stand up to don't don't confront uh and that that side of things and i i imagine that the way that i or a lot of what i hear from you i imagine in line with that uh laying down your life but there's also a side to christ which is confronting sin and hypocrisy and the whole chapter 26 of Matthew, whatever it is, where he goes into the Pharisees and teachers of the law. Um, 
and what what is stirring in me and it's provoked out of things that have rung true as I've been listening to Mark Gunger is that much unhappiness in marriage stems from not confronting what we should confront and allowing things to go on harmfully and unhealthily because we have this idea that Christ only is a passive recipient of uh, aggressive violence and not uh, also um, a, a contender or a, a confronter on that. So uh, one thing I was praying through this morning, I felt like God woke me up early to think about the progression of if your brother sins against you and how I've never applied that in my marriage. Um, I just, you know, accept uh, even if I feel like I'm being sinned against. And that is not true to who Christ is. Uh, so I, I don't know what you get out of that, but that's that my effort. fascinating. Okay, I am going to uh, attempt to do something I just criticized you for, so bear with me and call me out if it doesn't work. Okay. All right. I'm going to apply the framework I was just talking about because I think it may help you, but if it doesn't, then uh, my bad. Right. So right. what I heard you say was that you jumped straight to crucifixion. Yes. And it made me think that, huh, so that sounds like you skip over the incarnation before you get to crucifixion. And I thought uh -huh. about what that means for me. And the thing that I am wrestling with learning how to do is how to be fully present in a situation including this uh, reactivity that i have and say like i'm here um but i don't like this and this is not uh -huh. me and this is yeah. not the thing i agree with and i You're think that the about the reactivity in you in me yes and like yep. that reactivity is not a bad thing. That is right. a sign that I am fully present. But if uh -huh. I'm somewhere and I'm checked out, I don't yep. care what people are doing. I have no reaction. I am right. not present. But if yep. I am present with myself as yep. well as with others, both of which are extremely difficult. But if I can be there, then when things come in that are that are not me that are wrong, that, are, that feel unfair, I experience that fully. And I have to learn how to articulate that productively. Uh -huh. um, but the more I incarnate into the situation, I like to say that um, the reason we don't die to ourselves is because uh, if you do it wrong, it's disastrous. If you right. just kill yourself without finding Christ in you, you lose everything. Uh -huh. And that is understandable that people have a natural aversion to that. Um, the hard part is overcoming that natural aversion to get a supernatural version. Um, I guess a supernatural version of that, which is uh, I need to know my, and by the way, this is something I struggle a lot with. Uh -huh. That's a lot of energy in is figuring out which part of me doesn't want to die uh -huh. uh, in a situation of saying, okay, what is the, it's like, ah, 
this part of me doesn't trust me to surrender to Christ because it feels uh, inauthentic. Uh-huh. Like I will do this thing to keep the peace, and then I will resent myself afterwards. I mean, the two biggest mistakes I've made in the last six years, I may have talked about this. One was where I did what other people wanted and resented myself, and the other uh-huh. one was what I wanted and other people resented me. Okay. And it's like, okay, both of those are not what Christ is calling me to do. Uh-huh. And to get to that place where I uh, have reconciled with myself, so I know myself, so I am present, and other people see me as present, because they can see or sense fake crucifixion, right? Yeah. If Jesus just sent a, a meat puppet down and crucified him, it wouldn't have meant anything. Uh-huh. Um, and we know that it's like it was real and we believe yeah. it's real and we saw it was real and that's why I'm at it and everything that led up to the crucifixion showed us that it was real yeah. he reacted he got upset at Peter he got upset at the at the, the Pharisees right? Uh, right and you know there may have been a performative element to it but it was still real uh, yeah. after my transformational moment when I, I saw Jesus weep at the grave of Nazareth Lazarus um, uh-huh is like sometimes that 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 the, the veil is punctured and it's yeah. like that's the thing that we need we need to be fully present and fully ourselves so we can fully die to christ and that's really really hard all the way along but like yeah. that's the thing that i want us to be doing and that is the thing that in the past i had not um comprehended my own anger and resentment at depersonalization and therefore I reacted in a self-protective allergic way which which was a thing that you legitimately interpreted as unloving okay loving is precisely to be fully present for that person in their need and in their pain uh-huh. and at the same time you know like I, I have to choose between you know when i'm not there and in a new situation i kind of have to choose between uh being unfair to myself and being unfair being unloving to myself or unloving to others and it's a it's a it's, it's a horrible choice but that is uh the tra- that is the tragic aspect of being human we face circumstances that we do not yet have enough christ to overcome and we have to make hard choices, and there are consequences for that. Right. The best we can hope for is to learn from it, so that next time, or at least the fifth or sixth time down the road, we say, ah, now I know why I failed this test. Uh, now I can go to Christ for the grace to overcome it next time. Uh-huh. And that, to me, is what it means to be human. Okay. Is 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 learning how to fight those battles and, um, you know, go through that process, creation, corruption, redemption, incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, you know, there's different frameworks just work well in different contexts. So it's not the framework, but it is Christ. That's the thing. Yeah. So, you know, we speak pretty much the same language and I think I understand all the words. Uh, somehow the concepts don't 
conjure up anything at a practical level that I, um, and I don't know if it would help for you to give examples, but um, what what I found very refreshing with Mark is, Mark Unger is the practical level of dealing with specifics at a level that I find very actionable in places of pain and that I can communicate with other people with some sense of expecting that they will understand and be able to benefit from those things. So when I was talking with my neighbor today, he mentioned that just this morning or yesterday, he got a call from the daughter he had married off five months ago. He, you know, whatever the term is, he um, led the the uh, he administered or ministered the the wedding, um, and she was just beaten up and thrown out of the house yesterday by her husband that she'd been living with for five years, but now they're married five months. And so, how do how do we what what's what's going on there, and what's uh, the for me the practical reduction of the principles which I think I agree with in principle that you're describing down to the practical level I'm finding for myself and working with my own daughters uh, a, a much more a practical level with Mark that I don't connect with yet with what you're saying not that I disagree with what you're saying I just don't uh, don't know how to connect to it. Sure. You still there? Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, so let me just rephrase kind of what I'm hearing or what I've heard is that I uh -huh. think the thing that you have found refreshing, encouraging, and helpful for Mark is that the problem you had was that you were too quick to surrender what you cared for and wanted to try to keep other people happy. Is that a fair yep. summary? Yeah, not negotiating. I mean, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, I, I'd love to maybe take another hour sometime and talk about specific insights that I've gained through listening to Mark Gunger's show and, um, you know, see if they, if they relate in some way to what you're talking about. But, right, but uh, like, let me, let me, like I said, if you give me the, what, what is the, the, the phrase they use in software, test first development. Right. Uh -huh. If you give me the context of, ah, I had this problem, and I saw how this insight helped me, right. I would be happy to spend an hour listening to you talk about that, because yeah. you're being okay. vulnerable and you're sharing yourself, right? Yep. Uh, yep. And I can say, okay, I can see how that's useful. The thing I reacted to in Mark, uh -huh. um, in that six-minute clip, was when he would tend to use absolute statements, like everything comes down to this, and all you need to do is. Right. right. Yep. Yep. I can yep. give you. I'm pretty sure I can give you a context where I had the opposite problem because I applied that principle too rigorously. Yep. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was saying is that like okay, that's why the principles in the abstract are dangerous. And in fact, most of the things that I think you would call demonic illusions actually are valid insights in a different context. Okay. And understanding the appropriate context for them. He says, ah, okay, so the thing that they're doing is they're elevating a, it's the bronze serpent problem. You're taking uh -huh. something that was clearly God's provision at that point in time, and you're making it the idol that you want other people yeah. to come and worship, as opposed yeah, yeah. to Christ. Yep. Right? And so, like I said, like, you know, I think that given what you've shared about, you know, the funny thing is I've experienced uh, two different modes from you. Uh-huh. Like, one is the mode where you just 
swallow your personal feelings in order to keep the peace. Right. And the other one is where I feel like you promote an impersonable principle because you're trying to achieve something. Okay. Yeah. Without without conflict, just trying to sort it out. With, without without risking anything of yourself. Yep. Yep. Right. And the thing that I would love is for you to uh, use your personal feelings as the context for discussing these larger principles. Okay, so I'm not uh, again. That's uh, I I full agreement, but I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I can give you an example. We'll see if it makes any sense to you or not. Maybe something will just take a few more experiences and my ability to articulate. But that, um, like this is what I think about in DBJ. It's like okay, I'm struggling with this area. So like oh, I'll be more blunt. Like like it it drives me bonkers that. Um, People will actually, it is precisely this passage. It's that I look at this and say, Oh, this thing really annoys me. I wish I could just tell people to stop doing this <laughs> so yeah. that they stop doing this and annoying me because they're hurting themselves, they're hurting me, they're destroying God's name, et cetera, et cetera. But what I realized, I think it was the third season of TGR, is that the thing that really annoys me that people are doing is telling you the people what to do without living it out. Like we did okay. in the last DBJ. And it's like, uh -huh. oh. So the question I ask myself is, how do I create a context where I do not tell people what is true, but I show them what is true uh -huh. by my living it out for them? And like if you said, you know, hey, Ernie, I learned this really powerful technique for resolving problems. I realize that really applies to our relationship. Can I show you how to, can I have like, like I've been doing with you perhaps overly much is like, you know, Hey, Robbie, I struggle in this area. I would like right. to practice getting better at this because I believe this thing is true and important. Will you let me do that with you? Right. All right. And, so that's kind of what uh, I'm doing with today's interaction, right? Absolutely. This has been fantastic. This is, you know, easily the best conversation I have had with you and one of our best conversations on this whole podcast. Right. And I think so. it's because I feel like it was about something that actually, that you, you had skin in the game. Uh-huh. You know, I was, and, and, I was honest about what I was feeling, uh, not knowing what how you, you wanted. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that, that, and this is the thing that, you know, the, the thing that I have an allergic reaction to, which this, help, which, which this is helping desensitize me to, so I can overcome and respond uh -huh. better, is this, like, when the nominal topic of conversation is this sort of depersonalized thing, I feel uh, trapped. Okay. Uh, and I do not uh, have a practice for how to move from this, the thing that's on the table, which I feel like is people's primary defense mechanism, uh -huh. to the thing that we need to talk about. And I'm not sure I have a practice around it, but I have a data point with you. Yeah. I have a data point yeah. with my therapist yesterday where I had a very analogous conversation. And uh -huh. I'm still not sure why it worked. Uh, the first one was very much I came to him and was able to um, 
you know, get to a place where we found a way to move forward. Um, and then in this case, you really came to me saying, I feel hurt. You really initiated, which I'm deeply grateful for. And it took us a while to get right. there. And it's a clumsy, messy, you know, only partly functional process. But it was functional enough that I definitely yep. felt heard. I feel like Christ was glorified. And I hope you feel heard and seen yep. Yep. and loved. Yep. Yeah, and I think the, there's a wonderful word picture I don't know if you ever read The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Uh, long, uh, yeah. Um, but there's a scene cool. where this husband uh, comes to a wife in the great beyond, but instead yeah. of him talking to her, he has this little mannequin talking to her. Oh, okay. Right, it's the shadow of himself that he presents to her and that she you know, refuses to interact with the mannequin because she's trying to talk to the human being. Uh-huh. And it ends tragically, and the man gets absorbed into the mannequin, and then she you know, doesn't even recognize him because he's lost himself in the machine. Um, And I think about that as, uh, you know, the thing that I was feeling and the thing that I do in response. Uh Uh, And so I think that's a clue here that I want to meditate on, which is how do I recognize when this is happening to me, recognize when I'm doing it in response, and then uh, become more skillful at uh, finding the incarnational way to respond. Authentic, right. I guess, would be the colloquial term um, of not getting defensive or uh, retreating. Right. Uh-huh. The, the natural response is either fight or flight. Right. Or freeze. Yep. Um, and in some sense, having a temporary freeze and then finding um, a uh, Christ-like way to engage, which is neither uh-huh. aggressive nor passive. It's redemptive, right. whatever that means. Yeah. And I don't know what that means, but at least I have a couple of data points I can reflect on. And it just feels like um, this makes me feel better about the passage I chose for next Thursday. Okay. Because it feels like it's in line with that. I'm not sure how yet, but that's fine. That way it's still a bit raw. And, and for, yeah. if, I, if I thought it through, then it's it'll be mechanical, right? I, but if uh-huh. it's, if it, it's like, okay, I feel like this is on the right track. I would appreciate it if you had some time today to look at the site and make sure it works and I didn't miss oh, any did. typos or, or no, things I, before I... I thought I texted you back. To say I didn't see any typos. No, no you just, I sent you the text. And then I just posted the site live, but I haven't sent the link out to everybody. And there's more, because I have to cut and paste that thing and rewrite different things. And I think I've changed all the right things so it has the right date and the right thing. But if you had 15 minutes, if you don't, that's fine. But if you have 15 minutes to look at the link and walk through the registration flow, that would help me. Okay, so I did look at uh, the link you texted me and read through all the text there. I didn't click the register button. But uh, okay, you I, did you did read it there. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So that, yeah, and you're welcome to just use the guest code to register too. I, that, that, I decided to uh, just I'll just send the free code to everybody, but ask for ten dollars, and people can do whichever one they want. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm thinking in various contexts about the difference between requiring payment and receiving donations, and I'm just much more drawn to the uh, the latter form, but. 
Um, not to not to impose that up, just to say I resonate yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know I, I see the value in that, but there's other things that I'm trying to accomplish as well. So there's always some tensions. This feels like a good way to just split the difference, and that it should uh -huh. never be a barrier to someone. But you know there is infrastructure cost to hosting this, and it'd be nice to establish that as a precedent. Um, but anyway, all right. So you have looked through the link, and that's good. I will I'll probably go do it one. I will I will try to live it out myself. I'll go through and register and pay the money, the thing that I want other people to do, and make sure it works. And then I will okay. tell other people. I will invite other people to do the same thing, and uh -huh. we'll see what happens. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Robbie. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye.